everyone. Welcome back to the Loyal and True podcast, the show for Oklahoma State fans who are loyal and true, maybe to a fault. Jared, uh, it's been a couple weeks. It's been a, a, a roller coaster couple of weeks, but how are you doing, man? You surviving? I am surviving. It's a, uh, I say it's been a fun couple of weeks though. You know, I know the disappointment that that's, that's happened, but, but Hey, I, w- I wouldn't trade it. I, I, I would, uh, spend a lot of time at Bricktown and, and, and I had, I've had some fun these last couple of weeks. So, so it's been good. It's been good. It has been good. And it's, it's kind of funny, you know, it, we, we didn't get to record last week and we're kind of middle of the week this week. So there's, there's been time since our last episode, but you know, our last episode we were talking about, was that potentially the best week for, at least in the spring for Oklahoma state athletics? Cause we're talking about the uh, Cowboy baseball winning the Big 12 tournament and getting the the nine C. We talked about uh, golf, you know, cruising through the preliminary rounds of nationals. We talked about the women's team making the College World Series, and so uh, yes, as is sometimes true in Oklahoma State fashion, all three teams competed uh, brilliantly, and all three teams fell short of of their ultimate goal this season. The golf team was eliminated in the semis on a uh, extra hole playoff. Uh, the softball team won a game in the World Series before losing their next two, including one to OU in a, in a bedlam battle. And then the baseball team uh, won regionals at Bricktown and then uh, took Texas Tech and Lubbock to a three-game uh, winner-take-all battle. And so, uh, you know, a lot of uh, not great fun for Oklahoma State fans. But again, kind of like you said, it was still a an exciting couple of weeks. It, it wasn't like they just laid over or anything you know it wasn't I wouldn't say uh, any of those were a disappointment in terms of performance you know right and uh, I mean one way to look at it is if you are disappointed that means as a fan you're you're expecting to be where they were yeah so like you know we've come to you know golf is obviously a traditional powerhouse so you expect them to compete you know, at the highest level. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, do you have a bad day or not? Yeah. And, uh, I I wouldn't necessarily say, um, Oak State's golf team had a bad day. I would just say, and those guys, they were playing had a great day. Yeah. You know I mean? That, that, that one dude, um, that was teeing up against Wolf was just phenomenal. I mean, yeah. you're, you're talking about the, I think they were like ranked the number four and five guy, you mm-hmm. know, in the rankings or, or, or whatever. I, I, I don't remember, but it's just, you know, sometimes that one guy has it and sometimes the others. And, and that was kind of the case, um, you know, with, with Oklahoma state golf. And then, you know, how, how can you be disappointed in the softball? Yeah. I mean, the, the run that they put on this year, uh, in the way that they did it, and then, like you said, winning a game uh, in the in the World Series is just uh, um, it's a great feat. And then, uh, and then you have baseball. I mean, we expect to be where we've gotten, um, where where Josh has has taken this team uh, in his tenure there at at, at Oklahoma State, and uh, you expect to compete at the end. And you know, the ultimate goal, of course, is Omaha, and uh, you know. I, He'd be lying if he says they weren't disappointed. But at the end of the day, um, he was happy with this team. He was proud the way they competed. And so as a fan, you just got to – 
enjoy the ups and downs. I mean, it's it's frustrating. I'm telling you, there probably wasn't anybody hollering any more than I was uh, <laughs> at all three of those venues. I mean, I was w- watching all of them, but uh, it is what it is. And and uh, I've I've found myself too many times mad at this situation, almost like mad at the Cowboys. But uh, you know, in in these situations, it's like all you could do, you know, is applaud them on a on a great season that they had and, and a, a great run yeah. and the thrill that they took all of us on. So, yeah. And, fun. you know, I mean, I think, uh, you and I potentially follow baseball a little more closely than, than the casual OSU fans. So we kind of been watching it all year and going through the ups and downs and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you want to talk about these last three weeks. I mean, the excitement around this uh-huh. program, um, you know, yeah, there was a lot of fervor, getting to Omaha in 2016 because we hadn't been there since 99 and it was a big right. deal but but I don't remember the lead up to Omaha being near as uh, exciting and, and as big of a deal as it was this year um, and, sure. and part of that's probably because the NCAA and all their idiocracy uh, paired Texas yeah. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State together in the Supers um, which you know that that could be its own podcast episode maybe later in the summer when we got nothing to talk about but yeah. you know because it'll mean, still be fresh on the mind trust me oh yeah because so we can do um, these two teams didn't deserve to play each other in the supers and I know people could always make that argument but I mean if you watched those three games I mean it was like two heavyweight fighters just throwing haymakers at each other and they're like we're going 15 rounds neither one of us is going down and uh i mean it was it was an exciting series it was nerve-wracking of course um but uh i mean josh's ability to get the the talent out of this team uh when they needed it most and and just in sometimes the most unexpected places what about huey morrill hitting that two-run homer the second of his career on on saturday um you know so so players stepped up in big time moments and uh, that's one thing you love to see. You just hate the way it ended because, unfortunately, Tech had a bunch of players who liked to step up in big-time moments as well. And um, it just didn't, didn't quite fall the Cowboys' way. Well, and that's the thing. You know, like you said, we've followed them all year long. And, you know, if you're being honest with yourself, like for me, when I watch the Cowboys play baseball all year long i'm a nervous wreck because i never i never trust the cowboys to win in baseball you know i i think it's probably because they're my team and i want them to win so bad and and so you know i don't want them to lose but it's like i just never trusted them yeah i know our pitching was there i know how good our sticks are but really when you look up and down you know the averages show that we're a we're a a hit or miss team, meaning we're hitting it out of the ballpark or we're yeah. probably striking out a lot. Yeah. And, and our, our batting averages, you know, compared to some of the other teams would reflect on that. And so, yeah, as I watched, you know, throughout the season, I was like, ah, you know, just kind of ha- had my doubts, but I'll be danged if, you know, they talk about how, how much of a motivator Josh, Josh is to that club and how he can just get you to believe in anything and get you to run through a, you know, a brick wall. And, as as I I mean we were there about every game Big Twelve tournament we were there about every game of the region and the more and more I watched them now I was getting nervous during UConn because I was thinking boy this team can hit yeah and we're not like we're not hitting them out of the park yeah like we're in trouble 
you know, we could talk about how it ended and the excitement, you know, that Boone brought and, you know, and leaving the H all damaged there in Bricktown. Yeah. But the thing of it is, is like I had my doubts. But the thing is, is the more and more I watched him, like the more and more I was, I, I say, with this team, but, you know, just following him and watching him, the more and more I started believing, hey, we are going to Omaha. There ain't no doubt about it. And that, I'm telling you, that was on display there in Lubbock. I watched those games confidently. Yeah, I was a nervous wreck, and I didn't know if we could pull it off because Texas Tech is so good. But, like, they would get up, and I'd be like, that's all right. We're going to come back. And sure enough, we'd come back, and boom. Like you said, two heavyweight guys just blowing punch after punch. And that was what was so exciting to me. And that is what left me so frustrating at the frustrated at the end. Not the fact that we lost. Yeah, I'm frustrated that we lost. I, you know, I was wanting to make plans to Omaha yeah. more than anybody, <laughs> right? But but the main frustration, the, the first thing I thought of, and I know you tweeted out, is like, why are these two teams playing each other in the Super Regional? All year long, all year long, everybody has talked about how the Big 12 is one of the top two conferences, the SEC, Big 12, how, how big you talk about our strength of schedule, our RPI. It's just everybody talked about how good. Why in the heck are other conferences getting more push than the Big 12? Like you, you talk about even Baylor. Yeah, Baylor, Baylor ended up not doing as well you know, as they thought, but but they're pushed there at the end of the Big 12. Why are they getting matched up with UCLA, yeah. you know, and all that? We're just no love. I felt we got no love. And then sure enough, as you watch that game, sure, you could say, well, you're an Oklahoma State fan or Big 12 fan. And, uh, of course, it was a good game because that's the one you're watching. Jason, I've watched a lot of the regionals. Yeah. I've watched mostly all of them. And I'm telling you, from top to bottom on both of those lineups, Tech and Oklahoma State, it can happen any swing of the bat. And like you said, even Morrill, you know, he had, what, two home runs? Yeah, that was his on second the, the season. of the season. That was his second. Yeah, and so you wouldn't expect it, but yet in a big-time stage when they need it the most, boom, he comes up big. I mean, it's just it's just time after time. It's like you have so much faith in this lineup, and so I felt myself believing right along with Josh and the rest of the teams. You know, there's a reason they talk about We've had so many come from behind victories and don't count this team out because of how many times they've come back and win the game because they, they believe in themselves and they, and they keep, you know, they keep playing. And, and that's hard to do, especially when you're just watching. Yeah. But I found myself kind of believing into what Josh, you know, throws out there. The more and more I watch this team and I, I mean, it was, it was just exciting is yeah. all I can is all I can say. And, you know, I, I agree with you, like, and it was something I was wanting to bring up. And, and, and so you brought it up just the, um, as a, as a lifelong OSU fan, I kind of live in this world of not expecting good things. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sure. Well, you know, yeah. you know, you just, when, when the pressure's on, like I remember more than anything, the Fiesta Bowl, just imagining Sharp was going to miss that field goal in overtime, uh, you know, like, like I imagined it all the way until the ball actually went through the uprights just because I was so, I, I just didn't know if we could, we could do it. But this last weekend in Lubbock, the first game I was super nervous, but watching us oh, compete, yeah, watching us compete in that first game and, and make it a closer game than the way it started out, uh, gave me a lot of hope. And so coming up to Saturday and Sunday, yeah, I was nervous, like you said, but I really believed 
that that we were going to do it. And you know that eighth inning, Colin, uh, you know, does does what he does and puts yeah, Oklahoma yeah. State ahead. And and you know, but again, like we've talked about, that eighth inning, the bottom of the eighth, just completely fell apart for the Cowboys. Unfortunately, yeah. not, not. I don't think it was anything the Cowboys did. It was just you know, tech, no, tech, yeah. tech uh, took took hold. They did what they needed to do, but. Yeah. You know, when Colin comes up again in in the ninth inning, I mean, I was sitting there. I watched uh, Garcia walk. I watched Cabinus walk, and I, at that point, I thought we're going to do it. They they are yeah. going to find a way. And then, of course, Simpson gets up, and you know, that's 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 the great po- poetic scene of sports. You know, the guy who who yeah. you want to be up there. To, to take yeah. his swing and he took his swing and it, it just didn't connect. And you know, that's, that's the way baseball goes. But for the first time, maybe ever, or at least maybe since I was a little kid, I actually thought we're going to do this. We we've got what yeah. it takes to do it. And, and I can attribute that. I can only attribute that to Josh, um, you know, because yeah. he, he does instill that confidence in his players. Yeah, and he get. I mean, you could you could see time and time again he he gets that out of them. Well, I mean, and you could hear him in the. I mean, you could hear him on TV, yeah. hollering over there in the dugout. You know, always positive. You know, I you don't ever hear him doing anything. You know, hey, we got this. But you know, speak, speaking of like those swings, you know, like Simpson takes. Like, how do those even miss the ball? Yeah, so it looks like sometimes <laughs> he just swings right through that thing, and I'm like, how? Like. If you slowed that thing down, I I don't know how he misses those balls, but I I, I completely agree. I I it wasn't more of I was nervous, like you know, like you were talking about. How are we going to screw this up? Yeah, yeah. You know, how are we going to choke? They all everybody always says the poke choke, you know, the pokey chokey, or you know, whatever. Like, how how are we going to find a way to screw this up? And, and that's not what I was thinking. However, I was thinking, how are we going to close this out? Because I wasn't <laughs> thinking about how we're going to screw it up, but I was thinking about how good Texas Tech was. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, two runs is not enough. And that right there should just – I mean, that's just respect to Texas Tech. No, I don't like Texas Tech. I mean, most of the time I, I root for them to lose. I, I don't really like them. But, Jason, at the end of the day, just like you said – it wasn't errors and bad pitching and no hits that cost us that game. It was a slugfest, and and really it came down to the 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 last the last at bats type of thing. Like who who gets the last cut, and and this time it was Texas Tech, and 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 they beat us outright. We di- we didn't hand it to them. They took it from us. Yeah, you know they 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 got that one extra hit or that that one extra out that they needed uh, to do the job, and and I mean. You got to give it up to them, and and that's what's so heartbreaking about this whole thing. Both of these two teams, I know you made the comment, like the these two teams could both not only be in Omaha, but they could contend. Like especially after watching like the number one UCLA, who everybody thought was un, untouchable. Yeah, you know, go down to Michigan. Well, now look at it. Texas Tech has drawn Michigan. Now, yes, Michigan's hot, and you don't want to. I don't think you want to play them. Uh, they're looking pretty good, but. Both of these two teams can compete uh, for the title there in Omaha. And so it's just heartbreaking knowing that it was one or the other, you know, going to get a chance to even get a chance. So that's what's frustrating. I wish they would get that right. Another thing I wish they would do is kind of like they do in the NFL. 
they need to they need to have their top 16 seeds right they need to have their top 16 seeds for regionals to just you know for for host sites and all that stuff and of course your eight you know your eight national seats but jason they need to reseed it after after regionals meaning if a if a number two or a number seven or somebody goes down like oklahoma state should have slid up into that eight spot and they should have you know what i'm saying to where you don't get stuck in an eight nine situation when really you know like a a four seed goes down or whoever i don't remember yeah. what seeds it was that went down but i just think they need to reseed re reseed it after after regionals and draw it up again now now we go the you know the the top whatever it was 16 or yeah top yeah. 16 yeah and just just redo it you're still going to have your your national seeds if they're still there but what it does is it leaves room for you know a team like OSU who's sitting at nine to slide in there to a national seed and host if one of those top eight seed falters. Yeah, like Georgia you Tech. Know. You know, Georgia Tech gets yeah, beat. Like, exactly, Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and, and that right there saves you a matchup with Texas Tech. You know, instead you're playing, you know, somebody else. So yeah. But anyways, yeah, and I mean, there. you know, I get it. I get it from the the. It's kind of like we've talked about with golf. Like you know, they they've now built the golf title for TV. Yeah, and so I get yeah, you know sure. the NCAA and ESPN want people to watch the supers, and so they're looking at it. Well, Tech and OSU should be a good matchup. It should go to three games, so that means people will watch. So like I I get that, but but I agree if you if you potentially reseed them, you know, going into the supers. Well, yeah. then, then you you can still create those matchups, but I think it's better to get those matchups in Omaha because it's well, a yeah. it's a two week event than it is yeah. in the in the supers because you know now looking at this field of eight, like I mean anyone the way the way like Auburn's playing right now, the way Michigan's playing right now, they could go on a run, but it's like when you just look on paper, you're like, okay, well, uh, Arkansas or Tech should come out of one side of the bracket, and then Vanderbilt, who's going to beat Vanderbilt? You know, like that's kind of the way when you look at it on paper. Now, obviously, the way the way it rolls out, that could be, you know, that could go in any direction. But it's just kind of like I would rather. Yeah, I would rather that matchup of OSU and Tech be in Omaha than in Lubbock. Um, You know, I I just I just think that the both those teams qualify. So but, you know, and they they both would have traveled well. Yeah. You know, they both would have traveled well. And I mean, that place is already going to be packed out but i mean just imagine the atmosphere i mean look at what it was in tech those two big 12 teams fighting it out you know tech had beat us eight times in a row or whatever it was i mean that was you're right it was exciting tv but why not have that in omaha yeah yeah and so and that's going to be the the great debate like i said you know probably (laughs) going into the summer i hope tech just runs with it you know just I, I never buy in much of the root for the Big 12 and, you know, make our conference look good. But I just honestly, after watching that, I just I really do respect them too much. I mean, they just did, did things right. They're a good team, uh, you know, that, that plays well. There's there's nothing wrong with rooting against somebody like that. It's not like they, you know, went out and slashed our bus tires or, <laughs> you know, something stupid. But, yeah. but I hope they run through that thing and – you got to give credit to that Jung or Young, however you yeah, pronounce young. it. Uh, that dude, he he is the real deal. Yeah, and uh, 
and and he proved it. So yeah, he performed. Just give it up to him. He performed when he had to. Um, you know, hit two home yeah. runs in the the final game and uh, did did what he needed to do. So uh, just kind of closing it up on on baseball. The the uh, major league draft also uh, happened this past week, and the Cowboys had six uh, people drafted. It was five uh, juniors and then a senior. Colin Simpson being the one senior. Uh, he was uh, selected in the 29th round. But then uh, Logan Gregg, Peyton Battenfield, Brady Basso, Trevor Boone, Jensen Elliott, Andrew Navigato, and Jake Lyons, they were all underclassmen. And uh, 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 Jensen Elliott has already announced he will sign, he will go pro. Um, but, uh, Jared, out of those other juniors, uh, do you think any of them are coming back? Boy, I... I would love for boy, I don't know, because you know, Greg, um, he's definitely not. I wouldn't think, right? No, not because, as a as an eighth round pick. I'm trying to pull up. Yeah, not as an eighth round pick. He, he's going to be gone. But I would love like a, I would love Navigato to come back. Yeah. Um, I just, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think Lions will come back. You know, Lions and yeah. You, I, I don't have the list in front of me. I can't remember who went where. Uh, no, Lion Lion was selected in the twenty uh, second round. So you know, there's there's yeah. twenty nine rounds or uh, yeah in in the draft, and so he's late enough that you know he's probably not yeah, going to lose out on a lot of money by coming back. He can probably only help himself. Um, you know, Greg, his pick value at the eighth round, uh, has a potential signing bonus of 170,000. Um, yeah. you know, so just, so, you know, I mean, but for, hey, for you a, know, holiday, holiday does, you know, makes a great case with his, you know, briefcase. Yeah. His recruiting you know, pitch recruiting thing that he does. And Greg could really, he could, especially under Rob Walton, you know, he could really improve and get that velo up even more and, like, you know, he couldn't really improve himself. Hey, it's so hard to make the big leagues and, you know, in Major League Baseball. I mean, there's there's so many different classifications and stuff to go through. It's like, so it's not as easy as, yeah, I got drafted, so I'm going pro. You know, there's, there's a lot to consider. Yeah. You know, stuff. So, you know, improving your, you know, your, your status. So. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about I was thinking about that the other day, and to be honest with you, I, I, I you would think he, here's what I'm holding on to. Kids love playing for Josh, you know. Yeah, they they all talk about how special that team was and and how much fun it was. But here's the other big thing. Why why would they not want to come back and be a part of the first year ever, you know, Obrate Stadium? Yeah, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be a part of something awesome so i mean maybe that's kind of hanging over some of their heads to kind of influence hey let's come back and play one year under you know opening season under you know the new stadium so yeah i I mean maybe you know i think that is going to be a draw um you know but I, i think josh knows this and that's why he does his that recruiting pitch um i mean at at this point, by the time you're a junior in college, uh, if you've if you didn't go in the draft in high school or junior college, like it, it becomes just a full time business decision, and you know they're going to see what kind of signing bonus they get and what kind of commitment they get from from the the franchise, and you know that'll be the ultimate 
uh, decider. But um, you know, I'm I'm like you. I would love for Navigado to come back. And as a 20, 20th round pick, he has potential to come back and still improve his his stock because I think he kind of sure. just hit the scene this year. And you know, the yeah. the the problem with the baseball draft the way it's set up is if you come back for your senior year and and you've lost all negotiating power. Um, because you can't yeah. say, Hey, give me this money or I'm going back to college. And so that's like Simpson. You see him. I mean, it's great. He got drafted, but that's yeah. one of the reasons he got drafted as low as he did is because, uh, the Colorado yeah. Rockies knew that, that he would be available, um, uh, towards, towards the end of that time. And so, yeah. What did he get drafted last year? Uh, I, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and, and look. Yeah. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't remember either. But, uh, let me see. See if I can find it, but but if you just look at like while you're looking that up, I mean let's just go down our lineup a little bit. So you got Huey's going to be back, and then I think I think if Navigado does, uh, you know, end up going, I, wouldn't you think Huey's probably going to take over that position at short? Yeah, I, I would. I would assume he would go to short. Uh, that that just seems like the the logic, uh, and if not next yeah. year, definitely probably by his his junior year. Um, yeah, you know. So, so if, but I mean, you got a lot of. So you got Huey, Funk. He's gone, right? He was yeah, a senior. Funk graduated. Colin graduated. Yeah, you, uh, Navigados. So we don't know. We're hoping he comes back. Boone, Boone. I would love for Boone to come back. I don't see it don't, happening though. I don't see it happening either. What round did he go? He went in the 18th. Um, and so it doesn't show yeah. what the, the signing bonus would be. So it's not going to be extremely high. Uh, I just think for him, I don't know if he can improve his stock. You know, I, yeah. I don't know what he could do. I guess the only thing he could do by coming back and if he hit another 20 plus homers, then it just proves yeah. he's, he's established yeah. himself as a power hitter. But, uh, other than that, I don't think he would improve his stock much. So, uh, unless they just give him a low ball offer, I can't imagine he would he would return. Or, like you said, unless he really buys into that vision um, from Josh and just wants to finish out his career. Um, you know, like you said, I think Lyon is a is a decent candidate to come back. Um, uh, Navigado, I just don't know. Uh, Brady Basso, I think's gone. Battenfield's gone. Greg, I think, is gone. So. Um, you know, the the team is going, and it's typical. There goes our bullpen. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's typical of college baseball, but the, the roster will look drastically different next year. Um, you know, there we, we do have Moral. We've got Cabinus. We've got uh, Carson McCusker. McCusker. You know, uh, assuming yeah. no one leaves for, for any reason. Um, you uh, know, and so. And Garcia. Hey. Yeah, Alex know, Garcia. You want to yeah. talk about a glove. Oh, yeah. I mean, that dude is stellar yeah uh, you know you know he could he can improve at the plate a little bit but man yeah but you, even you, you feel confident yeah but even at the plate uh you know on this yeah. team especially he was one of the more patient hitters he oftentimes took right. what what the 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 pitcher gave him um and he had a couple yeah. key hits he had that home run to to oh. get get him started against UConn yeah. um you know and early in the season he he played really well especially at TCU that you know 
uh, and he hit right around 300. So, you know, him yeah. coming back, anchoring that first base position, uh, you know, that that's a good thing. You got Morrill anchoring either second or short. And then, you know, I, it, I haven't looked at like the recruiting class coming in. Um, but you sure. know, you got Dylan Gardner, who's got some experience that he could step into that second base role. You've got Max Hewitt, uh, who can, who Hewitt, can play yeah. somewhere. Um, you know, so, so he's probably going to be right back at second, right? You would think. Yeah. Second or, or third. I don't know if he's got, if he's got the arm oh, or anything well. to, to play third, but, um, you know, that's just the, that's the life of college baseball yeah. is that, that, that roster turnover, uh, is, is so, so large. So it'll be a totally different team next year, but, um, they'll still be fun to watch. If, if Josh has proven anything, oh. um, it's that even the team that might have the least amount of talent can do great things, you know, like that 2017 team that won the big 12 tournament, you know, they had to sweep OU yeah. to even get in the tournament. Then they ended up winning the whole thing just so they could get to the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, Josh has definitely figured out how to take uh, good players and turn them into great players and take what I would say maybe are less than great players and, and turn them into pretty good ones. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, how to get the most out of it, so. yeah. And I was thinking about it, uh, you know, uh, Barry Trammell wrote an article talking about how, you know, we, we, we love the glory years of Gary Ward, and now we feel like we're living in him again and with Josh. Um, but, you know, that really almost every coach that OSU's had has had success. Uh, Frank Anderson was the only coach uh, since the College World Series started that didn't actually make it to the College World Series. And so, you know, I think sometimes we kind of have a bittersweet memories of the Frank, Frank Anderson years. But, you know, when Josh came in in 2012, we had been to two Super Regionals. They started the Super Regionals in 99. And we went that year, 99, made it to the World Series. And then we went in 2007 and lost to Louisville. And now Josh has taken the team to three Super Regionals, um, you know, just in the last, uh, since 2012, so the last seven years. So um, that's a pretty good track record. And uh, definitely something as we move into this new stadium that they'll, they'll be able to build off of, uh, I think, for years to come. Yeah, I mean, who, who's not looking forward to that? I mean, yeah. Um, well, you know, I, we need to wrap this to a close, Jared. I do want to mention one other thing. Uh, in, in track and field, we did have a national champion in track and field. Sinclair Johnson, she won the national title in the 1500 meters. Uh, and she actually set a NCAA outdoor championship meet record. She did it in four minutes, five sec- four minutes and five seconds. And uh, it was the second fastest 1500 meter time in college history. And so definitely want to give a, a shout out to Sinclair Johnson uh, for that, for that awesome feat setting the, the NCAA championship uh, meet record. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I actually was trying to watch a little bit of that on TV. Yeah. But uh, every every time I was available to watch it, I, I, there was never any OSU yeah. you know, runners. Yeah. And yeah. I don't follow it. I don't follow it enough to know like when they're coming up or how it works. Yeah. You know, and all that stuff. So, yeah. But that's but, cool. I did see that. Yeah. That's, the that's the women awesome. finished uh, in 22nd uh, in the national team results. But, um, you know, very cool. Very cool to see. And so, uh, Jared, unfortunately, with this, this past week, um, we are now in the dog days of summer. We have no <laughs> OSU sports coming up. Um, so who knows what what's going to happen this summer? We're we're going to have uh, maybe a lot to talk about, maybe nothing to talk about. <laughs> Probably a lot of 
football yeah. anticipation, like what's what what to expect, um, how, how you know how disappointed we are that uh, you know whatever. I'm sure I'll, I'll have lots of disappointing things that that get brought up that I think about. You know, like why why didn't Gundy you know let Spencer and then play during the season? You know that stuff will start re surfacing uh the closer we get to football <laughs> uh, my blood will start boiling a little bit like thinking back like oh, oh yeah why didn't we do that but i try to let it go but i'm sure some of that'll move on or like <laughs> yeah. is he ever going to cut his mullet you yeah. know like that type of stuff so yeah which i saw uh someone posted on twitter uh, a picture of Matt Wells, the new Texas Tech head coach. And I mean, that guy's got some hair. So we may see Gundy trying to pull something else out um, before, <laughs> before too long. Oh, yeah. He, he don't want to be top. Yeah. No, he, he won't want to be top. So we can have a Gundy hair tracker uh, throughout the summer. And then uh, some other news potentially is uh, CBS Sports uh, released an article today, uh, Wednesday, June 12th. Uh, that the NCAA is going to level do uh, pose level one allegations on six basketball programs this summer, and uh, two of them are reported to be what they what we would consider blue bloods, um, and so this this all stems from that FBI investigation and the the sting operation with all the agents and the shoes and and all this stuff so um oklahoma state you know lamont evans got sentenced to some prison time and uh so there's potential that there could be some news coming out this summer about oklahoma state and uh if if there was any deemed wrongdoing from the program i think a lot of people assume one of the blue bloods is probably going to be louisville just because of how, how big that got but um Hopefully that won't be a big deal. I mean, for I feel State. like is this not? I feel like this is becoming every summer thing, because just like just like you said, like the dog days of summer. What what is there to talk about? Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's bring up you know allegations and all that kind of stuff. I mean, don't you remember a couple summers back? You know, OSU got thrown in. You know, the whole was it Sports Illustrated yeah, or yeah. whoever threw in that whole big ordeal, and it ended up being a wash. You know, nothing, and so. I've just learned to wait and see what happens. I mean, and you know, don't pass any judgment until until yeah. until it's proven. You know, like the Lamont Evans thing. Yeah, so and and so that'll be the the kind of the sticky point is you know that that supposedly happened more while Underwood was here, um, but the NCAA says that now they're going to hold the head coach responsible for all program issues. So, you know, that's that's kind of one of those things that I just hope it, it doesn't uh, swing badly for, for Boynton because even though he, is, he hasn't got to the NCAA tournament yet, uh, he's recruited well. Um, we're on some big-time recruits in 2020. So, um, you know, you just don't want to see any of that go away. But we'll have all summer to, to, to hear this news come out and to, to see what happens. Yeah, well, Jared, uh, thanks for for stopping by and, and joining me. Uh, it's always good to talk about Oklahoma State sports, and now we'll get to uh, talk about football. You know, one thing we didn't mention: U.S. Open this week. Uh, Matthew Wolf turned pro, and uh, he's playing on an amateur or sponsor exemp- exemption. But then uh, Victor Hovland's playing as an amateur um, as win- for winning the the U.S. Amateur last year. So Hovland's supposed to turn pro next week. Uh, to play at the Travelers, but uh, a lot of Cowboys representing at the at Pebble Beach this weekend. So if you have a chance, check it out.
That just makes you want to watch golf even more. Yeah, definitely. To see all those uh, uh, swinging peats on golf bags, um, it's just it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, Jared, we need to get out of here, but uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, thank you for listening, dear listener. And so uh, if, if you like what our ramblings consist of, make sure and tell a, a fellow OSU fan about the show. We would love to have uh, uh, some, some people who, who just enjoy talking OSU sports. So uh, check us out, share it, and uh, we will see you. Jason? Later. Yes. Jason? Yes. One more thing. Okay. OSU softball was... We, we didn't win, but neither did OU. That, so we can hang our hats on that. So, anyways, that's that, it. That is true. Neither did OU. So, that'll be the way we will sign off. Uh, for Jared Kennedy, I'm Jason Evans, and this has been the Loyal and True Podcast. <laughs>